This is Rotary, where together, people unite, take action to create lasting change across the globe, in our communities, and in ourselves. Come along with me, District Governor Cindy O'Neill, as I travel District 5110, exploring all the great things we do for our communities. Take a listen. Today we're having conversations in the garden with District Governor Cindy O'Neill and the community gardening team from Rotary Club of Ashland, Oregon. One thing I learned on this trip is there's a difference between being a member of Rotary and being a Rotarian. These are stories from true Rotarians. So we start really end of February, beginning of March, both planning and getting the everything ready. We don't really start with the committee until about the end of March, but so we go from that time until the end of October. And by that time, everybody who does this is exhausted, doesn't want to do it any longer because we really could do a year round garden, but we just don't have the, we need a break by that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Our average high harvest is around four or 5,000 pounds per year. year. Uh -huh. Wow. Our best was seven. Si yeah. And that was a, just an unusual year. Well, yeah, I don't know. We got a lot of pumpkins that year. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a lot of heavy stuff that year, but filling. And everything we grow here gets donated to the Ashland Emergency Food Bank. Ashland Emergency Food Bank, mm -hmm. okay. And, you know, it supplements because we have a Ashland Food Project here in Ashland, which is extended, I think, now to Medford and Talent and Phoenix. Have you heard anything about that? Oh, no. Okay, so it the actually was... Beyond, it's fantastic. Yeah, basically it was started by a local entrepreneur thinking about how can we keep, make sure that the food bank has food all year long instead of just at holidays when everybody gets generous. And so it's a, if you part, if you participate, you have a green bag. The idea is that every week when you go shopping, you pick up two items and by the end of two months, you have eight items or whatever it is, no, 16 items. So, you know, you put it on your porch and other community volunteers come and pick it up. They take it to the food bank and that keeps the food bank stocked year round. We do about 30 to 40,000 pounds of yeah. food every two every months. Every two months. Which feeds approximately how many people oh, do you gosh, think? Who knows? Lots. It's, it's the, the primary source of non-perishable food. Yeah, non-perishable. They have some money that they should uh, grant. They are not food. a part of the statewide food bank. Right. And the reason is that they made the decision years ago that they didn't want to ask people to qualify and fill out any in, any personal or financial information. If you come to the food bank and you say you need food, the assumption is you need food. And, they, and you do you do register, you know, but it, you don't have to give any proof, proof, uh, of, of, proof of need. Lack of income on the and the food bank, statewide food bank requires that you do that. And so they have made the decision not to be a part of that, which kind of hurt us with the whole COVID thing because all the money that went into the food banks did not come to ours. So there was a lot of emergency money that came out of the CARES Act that went towards food distribution. But because they have a very close relationship with Access, who is the local, you know, Medford-based food bank, they did get, when Access gets a lot of something, they share. So we're sitting in the sun 
in uh, rural Guanajuato, in a village far from the, about an hour out of the Guanajuato city itself. And then we're moved under a, an, under a large tent. And we've, we're going to participate in a, in a ceremony where we're officially handing keys over to people whose houses we built. We had visited the houses in the, in the morning and they were so different from the houses that people had been living in, which were dirt floors and car boxes and things like that. So we went and shared this experience of them getting the house and seeing the, the joy and the exhilaration of people who were getting homes. And my wife turned to me and she said, this may be the best thing we've ever done. We're going to pick some zucchini today, and this is tomatoes, obviously, green beans, carrots. We forgot to talk about carrots. My name is Gary Plano, and I'm the president-elect. I have been the club counselor to our youth exchange for the last two years. And I had the great fortune uh, over the past two years of counseling three young men, one from Brazil, one from Spain, and most recently from Switzerland. And that has been such a, a, a wonderful opportunity to help the three students become part of our community. They have made lifelong friends, and just enlarged the thinking of people that really we live in a small world. But it means that I meet with the student every month. So I would often pick them up at school, drive them to a rotary meeting. When they switch from, they usually have three home families. And I went to each of the three homes within the first 30 days of the, of the student being placed. And I interview the family and I look at where the student is staying. I'm like the second set of eyes after the youth exchange officer has already approved them. So I'm sort of that safety valve. I meet with them every month. We're in contact all the time. It has been rewarding. Sometimes I go to their football games or their soccer games or one of them was in a play and I attended that. So it's been a, a wonderful way to support our youth. A challenge. All three of them absolutely loved America and, and their challenge was uh, making such wonderful uh, friendships. It was hard for them to, to go. Of the three students, one might have had an issue making friends and connecting with people, but after a couple of weeks or a month or so, those things all fell into line. So when I think about their, their challenge, it was saying goodbye, knowing that they, they would may not come back here again. So, but what a terrific story for our club that we've been able to host students from around the world for many, many, many years. And then we have our short term. So we actually interview students who go away for anywhere from one to, to two weeks on exchange and they bring that sibling, if you will, that exchange uh, sister or brother with them back to Ashland. So we've hosted many of those um, families as well, students as well. It's been a, a strong, important program of our Ashland Rotary Club for many years because COVID has limited the ability to be out and exercise and do all those things. So part of why I love the garden is I get to come out we get to be with each other and socially distant. I was here on Saturday and uh, helped Julie and we went to the food bank and I don't know how many pounds of onions and tomatoes and squash that we uh, harvested on Saturday. So I'm thrilled to be a part of, of this, this team as well. Cabbage and then more curly kale. 
which actually I really like this variety, by the way. Yeah. Um, that really has worked well for us. Yes. Julie, um, that's super, that curly kale. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, I, I've yeah. never grown that before. That's it's really nice. Looks like little palm trees. Yeah. yeah. So the really California my, my oh, Club, oh, I, I organized oh, a trip oh, down to a an orphanage down in uh, down near Rosarito. We uh, we took about 14, we rented a van, we took about 14 members of our club, we went down there, we painted, we built bunk beds, we bought them a big giant barbecue dinner, stayed over at the orphanage, we drove back at the end of the weekend, and by the time we crossed back into the United States, I was a full-fledged Rotarian. The looks on their faces when we were there to help and we were there just, just because we wanted to be there, it was just, it was just a really, amazing experience to to see how how rotary can reach out and really help somebody there were there were there were several hundred in this orphanage it was very impressive to see we went on little tours around the area with some of the kids uh, who wanted to show us different either parts of the orphanage or parts of the the surrounding neighborhood and uh it worked out really well if it doesn't have any zucchini on it besides the flower the flowers of the buds before it becomes correct there it's it, it has all the spokes that grew long did you get any zucchini oh yeah we okay. got about a dozen or so okay because sometimes sometimes people get because usually you need at least two you need the male plants and the female plants to do different things and so some people don't end up with zucchini we only had one plant it's okay you you had the right kind I became a Rotarian for all the wrong reasons. When I was hired as superintendent of Ashland Schools, two of my board members were Rotarians, and every single superintendent of Ashland Schools since the founding of our club in 1941 has been a member of the club. And so it was kind of like, you're going to join Rotary, you know. And unfortunately, I was turned off by Rotary's past, sexist and racist past, very glad that I did join because I realized right away that I was had made an assumption that was not true. So that's how I joined Rotary. But the way I became a Rotarian <laughs> is probably through international work. So two or three years in, our president really wanted to uh, revitalize our international work. And so we had a small committee. I was a part of that. And the sister city of Ashland is Guanajuato in Mexico. And so we uh, decided why not join a partnership between the two Rotary Clubs. And so we've been working together now for 16 years on different projects. We started with a program called Mi Casa Diferente, which actually didn't qualify for a global grant because it was building homes in rural communities. And so we, we had three different events here called Tesa Guanajuato, and we each time raised between 60 and $70,000. And over, uh, you know, in like an eight-year period, we helped build about 250 homes. So my international work probably is what really made me a Rotarian. But now I just, you know, I love everything about it. I think this is going to sound funny. There's so much need. It's it's determining which which communities do you work with because there's so much need. There's no running water. And mostly rural communities that we help build houses, they're all plumbed for electricity and water. And, of course, those two things don't exist. So there's a huge need there. And, and uh, not easily solvable. We've only worked with projects where they have access to a clean running spring. Those are the ones we've done so far, but the much harder ones are the ones that don't have that. And how do we get, because uh, the, the groundwater in, in Guanajuato in a lot of central Mexico has very, very high levels of arsenic and fluoride naturally occurring. Not, not, it's not polluted, just the way the water is. 
And when people drink that, they get like extra teeth from all the fluoride. And of course, arsenic has uh, kinds of, you know, even if it doesn't, it doesn't kill you, but it doesn't promote health either. And those are much harder problems to solve. But yeah, we, we've done, uh, we're just finishing up our fourth community and we have another one picked out for our next global grant. And we're able to do that again. So this is the Ashland Emergency Food Bank, completely 100% volunteer run. And it is set up in such a way so that the clients here have a shopping experience. So they go through the roads with a volunteer. We have a certain number of items that they can take. So as opposed to someplace where they, you get handed a box of food, this way they, they pick the items that's good for their family and what their family would enjoy and utilize. So it's a much more empowering experience for the, for the clients here. And this whole area on those green bag days, you know, I'm talking about the green bag, the Ashland Food Project, uh, which is every other, generally the second Saturday of even months. Right now we can't do it because it's so many volunteers, there's no way to do it, you know. Uh, this would just be absolutely filled with volunteers. All these green bags come in and they unload it on tables and they sort it and they restock the shelves. And generally by that time, the, stocks are sh the shelves are pretty empty. So they really depend on that. And then we've been able to supplement. And many people in the community, any extra vegetables they have in their own gardens, they bring in. So it's not obviously just us that, do that does this. But it's nice, you know. Oh, gosh. What I would say to people is if you're looking for a way to um, feel empowered and feel to give your community uh, something of yourself, Rotary is a perfect avenue for that because we'll find something, whether it's servicing the community through the newsletter at home or coming to the garden on Saturday or Wednesday, there is ample opportunity to serve your community. So I would say, you know, try it out. For listening. Please join us again for more stories that inspire Rotary volunteer service, connections, and experiences in Rotary District 5110.